Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to episode number 412 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. The allergy bug has hit me like a ton of brick walls, just like these contracts being dished out in free agency are hitting everybody like a brick wall. Uh, so I apologize for how I sound, but we're going to chug along and get through this because we got some new faces to talk about in the city of Philadelphia on multiple teams. It's the GOAT Joel Embiid's birthday. And, of course, at the end of the episode, we do our Buffs and Snuffs Survivor uh, preview, plus our breakdown from last week's episode. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, the boys over at Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP at checkout for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, it's the best beer to have on deck for the March Basketball Tournament. So go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know. We have uh, some new faces to talk about that are now... Members of Philadelphia sports teams. The Phillies actually signed somebody and signed a couple of bad guys as well. Uh, and the Eagles make one of the best free agent signings on paper, at least so far this offseason. Where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with the Eagles. So we got Hassan Reddick coming home. The Camden native uh, played his high school football at Haddon Heights. Totally forgot about this because I was working at NJ.com at the time when Hassan was like going through the draft process and everything. He got injured his senior year of high school. He only mm. played in four games, walked on at Temple, turned into this superstar that got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft that was in Philadelphia in 2017. Goes back with Matt Rule last year in Carolina, lights the world on fire, and the Eagles give him a three-year $45 million contract with $30 million guaranteed. And I can't tell you if I remember ever seeing anybody from here being so excited to come home. Yeah, it's a, and it's a great contract too, which I think adds to the the benefit and the bonus of all of it. So that's it's a good story all around. And uh, I, I think it's since the start of the 2020 season, Hassan Reddick ranks sixth in the NFL in total sacks, only behind like your juggernaut sack artists with Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, right. and the rest Usual of those suspects. boys. And you get Hassan Reddick on a three-year deal for the rest of his prime pretty much at a, a really doable and affordable contract right. like 30 million guaranteed for the premier type of rusher that he is he's kind of a swiss army knife where he can play defensive end he can play linebacker and a lot of people are hyping up that he's the perfect fit for uh jonathan gannon's defensive scheme which let's hope because last year it seemed like he didn't have a scheme at all uh but to throw him in the mix with brandon graham josh sweat 
as long as Fletcher Cox is still here, you know, you've you've got another formidable pass rush with your top end depth once again on this Eagles roster. Yeah, that was that's been one of the the only like holdover strong points for the Eagles of the last like five, six years. The only constant has been is that pass rush. Um and yeah, you're you're kind of creating a future now where that's gonna continue to be the case, which is good. Yeah, and a number of and you look at the Hassan Reddick contract now, and you look at the contracts being dished out across the NFL, especially right before we started recording. Von Miller gets a six-year, $120 million contract with the Buffalo Bills. I did not even see that. $120 million <laughs> for a guy who's 33 years old, going to the Buffalo Bills, and a lot of these you know, premier pass rushers are just getting buku bucks because they know, like NFL teams know, in order to win in the NFL today, you need an elite quarterback and you need elite pass rush. If you don't have at least one of the two, you're not making the playoffs. And the Buffalo Bills continue to just get better and better as the years go by. They also signed O.J. Howard from the Bucks, Who's also going to Buffalo now, yeah. by the way. Crazy. <laughs> like, unbelievable. Uh yeah, they're, the NFL, I don't know if it's ever been like this. I don't know if it's just like every year you think it's the craziest year, but I do feel like the offseason this year in the NFL has been a little little wonkier than normal. Um, yeah. a lot of I think it's a lot of like bigger name players too. There's some people like at the end of their careers that are, uh, you know, we, we've obviously heard of for a long time, Von Miller being one of those guys that, that are moving around a little bit, and I think that makes it feel even crazier, but... Yeah, like you, I don't know. I just feel like the the NFL this offseason has been a lot more movement than normal. And I think it also gets enhanced when, you know, you had the Major League Baseball lockout, and now free agency is kicking back up again with baseball, and it's happening at the same time. Right. You have the NHL trade deadline about a week away, uh, and then of course you have just the NBA in the thick of you know let's get to the playoffs portion of their their schedule. But the Eagles did a non tender to I think fan favorites. Um, that if you really break it down, if you're a, a Super Bowl contender, maybe one of these two guys probably shouldn't be starting for you. Don't, both of them shouldn't be starting, but you could make the case that uh, Boston Scott should be on the roster, but he was non-tendered, so he is a free agent. Uh, the King of New York and uh, Alex Singleton also non-tendered. So both of those guys hit free agency, uh, but they did bring back Greg Ward and a couple of other players as well on one-year deals. So... Eagles have been busy, uh, but they, they've kind of been like chilling in the weeds and, and waiting for a lot of this stuff to really come to light with a, with a lot of the big names. And I think, quite honestly, the way things have operated, the Eagles are going to use all of those draft picks in the draft. Yeah, which is good. Uh, you know, obviously they're not like real high value picks. And I think you can use three first rounders to build out depth accordingly. Uh, the Eagles aren't really in a position where they're like, one piece away or there's there's one can't miss thing in, in this draft that you're going after um I, I think it's probably better to to throw those darts around a little bit more and, and hope for like just better exposure and that you, you're able to get free very solid players starters that that are going to be part of your future on good control contracts too that that's important for the eagles in the future too especially since the jacksonville jaguars and doug peterson are just signing every human on the planet it's unbelievable um I saw, hold on, I have to get the number right because it's kind of unbelievable, actually. Uh, since 2012, the Jaguars have spent $1.64 in free agency. No team has spent more. No team has lost more. That's crazy. They gave Christian Kirk almost $100 million. That's one of, that's like, 
makes no sense. That's one of the most insane contracts I've ever seen. In my Just life. absolutely um, destroyed the wide receiver market. Yeah. If if he's getting that, Devontae Adams is getting like I don't know seventy million. Yeah. <laughs> like, for like one how year. much? Genuinely, how much better of a wide receiver is Devonte Adams to Christian Kirk? Like probably he's probably three times. Yeah. The the wide receiver he is in so, so many aspects. So there you go. There's your. <laughs> what are we doing, Doug? There's, maybe they're doing that just to, like, s- throw off the market. Maybe they're just it's like crazy. being saboteurs. But that's crazy. Yeah, the NFL I think has been been on a weird one in this offseason. They could also, yeah. I mean, obviously you have the Russell Wilson deal, which is massive. But a lot of like big money now too in the NFL. Like these deals, I don't know. Like, not used to hearing this kind of money uh, associated with the NFL. Yeah. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers is getting this like $150 million guaranteed contract. Like that's crazy. That's not, you know, and it's good for the future too, though, because that's obviously one of the, the main focal points of the NFL going forward is that these guys actually get guaranteed money yeah, rather than it all just going out the door when they get cut before, you know, April or June, whatever it is. Like, you know, Kirk coupons. <laughs> Talk, he, he might get the, the school of finesse renamed from the Sam Bradford school of finesse to, the Kirk Cousins school of finesse because for a guy who in his career has a 500 record is going to wind up making nearly quarter of a billion dollars. I would say good for him, but I don't mean it. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I, I think if you're uh, if you're a quarterback in this league, you look at Kirk Cousins, you're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind being that. Right. <laughs> Middle of the pack. Like, you know, we win some games, don't have to exert too much and, I walk away with forty million guaranteed next year. He's not good enough to actually get you where you want to be. He's not bad enough that no one's gonna sign him. You know, like he's yeah. he's just good enough that you can convince yourself that he could work with you. It's like that arrested development <laughs> meme. You know, it's like everyone convinces themselves that it's gonna work for them and it never works. Yes. But it just might for us. us. Like <laughs> Because and for people that don't know why Kirk Cousins keeps getting these contracts, it's because uh, this is a not a word, but it is a word. He's unfranchised taggable anymore. Um, he, he got tagged twice, so now the Vikings are stuck in this limbo where they have to give him a one-year extension on top of the contract he already has to maintain his rights with the team. He has become ungovernable. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for that to be like the cousin's rule, uh, like in the next CBA. Like that's going to be the thing. Pretty soon he's going to own the stadium. Well. Well, I think the Eagles lease it out to them. That's true. So I think that's how that works. Um, The NFL has been wild. We'll keep you guys up to date with anything while we're live, if anything, in the NFL goes down. But Matt, the Phillies have signed one of the guys that have been linked to them since before the lockout happened uh, that lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is a Philadelphia Philly. Signs a four-year, $79 million contract with the Phils. And, of course, it's $79 million because John Middleton's too cheap to round it up to a round number of 80. Um, and then every other contract that the Phillies have signed this offseason for free agents are for absolutely terrible people. Yeah. Um, Phillies are very confusing offseason so yes. far. And uh, don't get Chris Bryant. He's going to the Rockies, which is bizarre choice for the Rockies. Seven years, $182 million. Uh, Chris Bryant would look great in Yankee pinstripes in three years, um, I guess. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, smart move by Middleton to make the Rockies pay the first two years of the contract. <laughs> That's actually That's... kind of true. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll have a great two years there, too. But yeah. Kyle Schwarber's not bad. Uh, definitely helps with the uh, the outfield department because that's 
outside of I still think the bullpen is like a massive yeah. mistake and I still think the last two spots in the rotation are also not good enough uh, for where the Phillies want to be aiming um, I'm willing to be wrong on that but I, I don't think those positions have been addressed nearly the amount that they should uh, but outfield was the other like big area non-pitching related that I think had to be improved and this is an improvement on that um, it's just <laughs> I don't know that this is like what I would be aggressively chasing if I'm the Phillies um, but I don't hate it either. I, I think it, I think it's a fine decision. I think he's a good player. Uh, it's definitely going to help now with with the DH because it gives you multiple options too. Um, yeah. and, and the Phillies are not going to be they're going they're not going to have to worry about who's <laughs> who's DHing because they're always going to have an answer for that. Um, yeah, and I think too like you could obviously if there's another like Bryant would have been great right because yeah. that would have allowed you uh, an infield position which would allow you to maybe shuffle some guys around uh, specifically maybe getting Boehm off third base. Um, probably he's a negative 13 in uh in runs which is like brutal oh my god just absolutely the uh dog water to the max hopefully alec Bohm comes back this year just a lot better better because he's at like he's below the basement he's below the sub level like he is yeah. just uh dangerously close to earth's core and just need to get up to like the crust well, the I think I think Trevor Plouffe said this on Talking Baseball with John Boy and Jake. He said the DH coming in the National League gave Schwarber twenty million more dollars. Yeah, probably, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it's just weird resource choice for the Phillies. Yeah, because honestly, hitting was not this team's issue. Um, no, the issue was that you were gonna that you were having to win every game seven to five, and you really haven't done a single thing to address that. I think the biggest you know, sword to the gut that I saw this week was allegedly, according to Jason Stark, and it's not happening now because they're not moving on from him. The Phillies were like all in on trying to get Kevin Kiermeyer. And then it's of just, course their backup plan enough, is, is their backup plan is just, Oh, let's have a platoon of Matt Veerling and a guy that nobody in the fan base likes. And then while we're at it, we'll allocate $6 million to a guy who is well past his prime and also nobody in baseball likes because he has a domestic violence background. Yeah. And also let's give so $6 million to Brad hand. <laughs> Just tough. Dude. Um, 2018, those signings would have been phenomenal in terms the of Phillies just are on always the field. like a year and a half too late with a lot of these guys. It feels like, it feels like they are hindsight people and not foresight people, which is super frustrating. Uh. Um, yeah, the pitching still worries me to death because I I still think this is a team that's gonna have to that's gonna have to score six seven runs a game to win. Especially with Ranger Suarez's visa issues, like it's just a it's just a pain. Dude. I totally all I also completely forgot until I saw like the uh, the Phillies like oh day two check that Kyle Gibson was on this team from the trade last year. Yeah, well, at maybe. least that's there. But like they still do need a fifth starter, which kind of was hoping like number five back of his back end of his career go get him Zach Granke he's going back to the Royals right um I mean like Johnny Cueto's still out there but like the pitching market if you're gonna improve you gotta make a trade for because the guys left on the market in terms of free agents are well past their prime and really won't do much for this Philly it's just, roster. it's just a missed opportunity again and I just can't help but feel that we'll be sitting in like early July lamenting this again as the Phillies the, fight for a second wild card with 
when we're like teams when in. we're like talking ourselves into like well you know if they you know like they, they kind of turn a corner after the all-star break that's what we're gonna do because they're gonna get some schmuck at the trade deadline yeah and uh Ian kennedy ourselves that that's gonna work out and it just isn't and that frustrates the hell out of me because the division two is like not oh my god pat either that's what's frustrating yeah. too it's not like it's, it's not like the division gotten worse. Is, yeah like because I just don't get it. I just don't get it at all. Like we've always said, the Mets are the cicadas. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> Yankees and Mets players can't play home games if they're not vaccinated. So, yikes! Well, big yikes. Apparently, Aaron Judge is one of those guys. Oh, <laughs> Bing Bong! All rise and head to your local CVS. <laughs> that, well, I would laugh, but. It's not like the Phillies are better in that department. Yeah, we're scr- we're screwed when we play the Blue Jays later this we year. We just we just don't have a, a vaccine mandate. I do think it's like what Major League Baseball is doing with that, like with the Blue Jays. Like if you have unvaccinated guys, you got to use taxi squad players. Yeah, and the guys who cannot play, they don't get paid. Makes sense. Good on Major League Baseball for that, at least. Um, it's just listen all the how it became politicized. Yes, which is stupid, stupid. To begin, but all of that aside. This was my same argument for the Phillies the entire time. This is my same argument for athletes the entire time. You will spend any amount of money. LeBron spends like millions of dollars every year to yep. keep his body in the best shape. Nutritionists, uh, sports science, physical therapists, whatever ointments or gels cupping. or pills, or cupping, stretching, off-season workouts, all the work that you put into your body, all the things that you inject into your body to get you ready for a game, to get you through the pain, and you refuse to get one or two now just two <laughs> vaccines uh, just to ensure that you can play all the and games that you job. should is just insane. It's I, I'm sorry, but just looking at it from that perspective that you will do everything else that you put those little bracelets on that are supposed yeah. to improve your balance. You will do all of those things except this one thing. It's just, uh, you'll wear a, crazy. You'll wear a not a sponsor. <laughs> you'll wear a whoop bracelet. At <laughs> it's, night. Just, it's just crazy to me, man. See, uh, I think the biggest development. You'll get a sleep number bed. Yeah, you'll like you'll do you'll do everything else. You will take whatever whatever crazy medicine they give you. Like you'll take any painkiller, no question asked about it. You'll do whatever it takes, except this. <laughs> just it's I don't know. It blows my mind a little bit. The uh, I think the biggest development too from Philly's camp from day one is that Aaron Ola cut his hair. Yeah, which is um. Which I'm wondering Which is if he's like gonna Cole s- Hamels esque. I like, wonder if he's gonna spin zone that and be like, "Yeah, I got the vaccine and I lost my hair." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I maybe as long as he's not DD and claims that it uh, when he uh, has like a a five six ERA this year and tries to blame it on his elbow hurting. Uh, as long as it's something like that. This team, all. they like we got try. It. It's we kinda, try it's to a, like them. It's a bummer that we're in mid March. Are like I know. What the fuck? <laughs> JT GIF just like. Christ. I do like what Harper said today. I don't know if you saw John Clark tweeted the video from the uh, the clubhouse today at spring training, which it is very cool to see media members back in the clubhouse right. uh, with baseball. Uh, he loves the Schwarber deal, but he feels like they still need one more piece. Keep talking, Bryce. I agree. Keep running your mouth. Yeah, he said he was talking late night about Schwarber and Bryant and, uh, Castellanos. and Castellanos, who's still out there somewhere, right? Story's still out there. Correa's still out there. The Schwarber signing makes me think Castellanos is not, uh, unless, not necessarily happening. But Unless you're going to like do a, a like heavy-hitting platoon of left field, and right. like you know one day that guy's going to be the DH, the next day that guy's going to play left field. Could, but I just... 
Again, like that would be, you know what? That would almost be exactly what the Phillies would yeah. do, and then spend like seven million dollars on I I don't even know who as their like premier relief pitcher, and then it all goes to shit. Well, I totally forgot we signed our premier relief pitcher before the lockout too. Corey Kniebel's here. Yeah, totally forgot about him. Evil Kniebel. Yeah, ten million dollars later. The allocation of resources in terms of payroll it's like to that this dr- bullpen. It's like that drill tweet. It's like <laughs> food, $12, gas, $11, candles, $3,000. Someone please help me. <laughs> Who's good at the economy? Please help me. My family's starving. I just, like, we're just so bad at this. Like the, you know what really stung? Someone brought up the Kingery uh, oh. deal. That hurts. Yeah. Although I saw him, I saw him taking uh, some, some batting practice. He's at least alive. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you look at the infield right now, and we'll look at the pitching. Uninspiring is what I would call it. It's it's Reese and Gene that are like, okay, like, I'm excited to see Reese back healthy. Gene had a fantastic season last year. But the rest of it, it's like, all right, Luke Williams had his moments. You know, he went full Captain America on us. Camargo's interesting, but he's like your bench guy. I'm also bummed that Brad Miller's going to the Rangers. Um, They don't have bamboo in Texas. Yeah. Hope he knows that. Nick Maton, cool. He looks like Evan Peters. Um, Maton, I'm at least excited for because there's like. He'll end up in center you, field when the center field platoon stinks. You can like convince yourself that there might be something there with Maton, but yeah, it's out of that. And then the outfield. Outfield looks pretty nice, all, all things considered. Like you're in a much better position uh, once you add Schwarber to that. It's Bryce. Insert name here. Hopefully it's Mickey Moniak. Uh, I'm excited about Jalen Ortiz too. Like yeah. he's like the guy prospect wise that like could make his way onto the roster this year, um, and provide like power from the bench. Hazley's back from his absence. Uh, Matt Vierling was was good last year in his limited amount of time. I still think they need like a fourth outfielder. Yeah, in, absolutely. In terms of just like feeling decent. Schwarber's a much better. It puts you in a much better position, though. Yeah, I would say because the the outfield again was was just such an area of weakness. Um, to to have not address that would have been real, a real head scratch. And this team banking that Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to be healthy, year after year. He didn't get did he did get the surgery. He he didn't at first, but then I then think he did he got right? it because, because he delayed it for like seven months. Yeah, or whatever. Dumb. <laughs> I hate that because <laughs> he like, would be. A weapon. Like, he would be like ramping up now. Yeah. To, you know, we'd be hearing about how he's look, he's look good in spring training, so they're going to ease him in, and instead we'll maybe see him in like September, if that, <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah. If we're actually like competitive. And Wheeler viable. dealing with shoulder problems in December allegedly, <sighs> which makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Really throw myself into <sighs> a fire. <laughs> and like the the rest of the bullpen is just like <laughs> doo doo, okay. terrible, sucks, and it's going to be the reason like. It's like Brogdon Alvarado. Two straight years of, I mean, like, I'm not, there's no hyperbole, historically bad. I think that's the new Phillies. And they've done nothing. (laughs) I think that's their new mantras. Like, we want to have the worst bullpen of all time year after year. It's just kind of, it's almost impressive, their commitment to not, like, it's like just completely pretending it. It's not even the dog sitting in the fire saying this is fine. Because the dog's at least acknowledging that the fire around him exists. Right. This is, this is literally just not. No recognition at all that there's a fire around you. <laughs> Nothing. 
And it's like just complete blindness. There's some dart. Th- there's like some dart throws with like Hans Kraus, who you got in the Spencer Howard trade okay, last but year. But you know what? I'm a little sick of the dart throws. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> That's like if the that last was like four years have been dart throws. If they had a legit bullpen and then like they had one spot open and you're waiting to see like right. what you can get from player X and player you know who Y. Gets, you know who gets the like comfort and like. The, the allowance of throwing dart throws are good teams yeah. with good bullpens, established players. The Dodgers get to throw darts. Yeah. We do not. It's unbelievable. Some of the trades that have gone down today, too, in baseball are wild. Uh, and even yesterday, like Matt Olsen going to the Braves. That's yeah. another move that does not make sense to me. Like, I get Olsen's from Georgia. So you bring the hometown kid home, but like when you have an opportunity, just give six years to Freddie Freeman. Why do you not do that? Um, yeah, the Freeman stuff is weird. Uh, did uh, you see Nightingale's tweet? Oh boy. Well, you know he's prone to a good old, uh, good old type over again, <laughs> or just Freddie Freeman with a classy farewell to Atlanta and its passionate fan base. He may be gone, but he'll be forgotten. Oh no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god. It's like the you know the one of my favorite tweets of his ever is it was like a few years ago, <laughs> like late at night, he just tweeted MLB. Yes. <laughs> somebody too, with all the He's moves going on and stuff today, somebody was like, You know Schefter's running on fumes when he openly retweets a guy who works at NFL Network. Tough tough week for Schefter, by the way. His uh Mr. Editor 2.0. Carrying some water for Deshaun Watson. That was not great. Not <laughs> a bad offseason for him, huh? I'm just so happy that he's not coming here. Maybe being a, a pack rat for uh for everyone comes with its comes with its lumps every now and again. That's a tough scene. Not excited about the Phillies. No. What's their over under? That's a great Is question. that up? This is fun. This certainly won't. Uh, We're going to put uh, the this... NL East run differential up on our our pickup <laughs> website again, too. By the way, that's coming back. That this is year. the one. That's one of the only good things to come out of uh, out of all of this. Yes. I think, over the last few years has been uh, has been our fun little game of, so, of the absolute insanity. When the season starts, you guys can go to playpickup.com and uh, place your place your prop bet on who you think will uh, have the best run differential in the NL East. Uh, the Phillies are plus thirty five hundred for the World Series. Uh, favorites are the Dodgers at plus 550, Yankees at plus 900, Astros at plus 950, Blue Jays, Mets are both at plus 1,000, and the White Sox at plus 1,100. Better odds than the Marlins, though. Uh, not by much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean by much, but I mean... To put like, it in perspective, the Phillies the have the odds. same odds as the Tigers. Same odds as... No, for me, they had the same odds as the Mariners, Angels... At all at plus thirty five hundred. Tigers are plus five thousand. Oh, I have I have the Mariners now at plus twenty eight hundred, the Angels at plus three thousand, and then the Tigers and Phillies at plus four thousand. It is because I haven't logged in. Um I would bet one of those considering the difference, but you know what? Honestly The Mariners got of... really good this offseason. Yeah. People are, are not putting enough respect on it. They traded for Jesse Winker and eight Eugenio Suarez's contract to do it. And uh, I saw somebody doing a breakdown of their roster. They're starting nine. <laughs> They've traded for every single piece, which is kind of like us. Huh? Kind of like us. <laughs> the the Mariners, and they have they actually have good players though. That's the difference um, with their roster. 
Phillies, it's looking like we got – where are we? Got to go to the NL. Phillies are uh, 83 and a half. That's a, that was an 82 last year or yeah. 81? Um, I would be going under. <laughs> yeah, as of right now. Sad, sad to say. But, uh, I mean, you're not going to get – I mean, I'd love it if we did, but you're probably not going to get an MVP or at a price again. And that was, I think, really the only reason the Phillies were – uh, technically a, a winning team last year. Yeah, and that is Cy Young <laughs> season out of Zach Wheeler got, that got robbed. Yeah. It's just frustrating. It sucks. Feels bad, bro. Do you think this is the last uh, last time we see Claude Drew in a Flyers uniform? Um, Everyone's making it out to be like that, but we all know the Flyers, too. It's, uh, it's I mean, it's all his, his decision at the end of the day, yeah. which, uh, which is what sucks. But uh, my brother had surgery. Uh, he broke his, his collarbone. He's doing great, though. But Fighting he the good fight. sent me a picture of him right before he went for surgery. He says, if I don't make it, tell Claude Giroux I love him. And that, you know what? I think that really sums it up. Yeah. I think that really sums it up. They're doing uh, his thousandth game celebration tomorrow. It does feel like a, a bon voyage, does yeah. it not? It's a fair like, adieu. Let's let's just uh, you know spend less money and do it all at once. Flyers are depressing, dude. Talk about a team that just hurts to talk about. Yeah. That's rough. That's why we barely talked about them. Remember the bubble? Good times. <laughs> for for, yeah, for like, I think three days, actually. Yeah. Great times. Damn. What a disappointment, dude. COVID took a lot away from us. Yes. I think a Flyer Stanley Cup run was also one of those things. Yep. 100%. I, I do feel that if the season isn't paused, the momentum, like hockey's such a dumb sport that, uh, that, that they really could have pushed. We'll it's, never know, though. Nope. There it is. Now we rebuild. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're rebuilding with um it's kinda like uh having someone who's visually impaired driving your car. Um I mean you could very well get to your destination completely fine and happy, like perfect order, but the odds of you like slamming into a wall higher than you'd like. Yeah. And that's what it's like having Chuck Fletcher as uh, in charge of uh charge of that. He is he's the man behind the wheel that is uh that like lied about DDing, you know? Like, he was like, no, guys, I'm good. I was only drinking water. It's like it was just straight gin. Fine, he's also with the the water. Of, he's the type of guy that would drink straight gin as well. Yes. Like, sucks, dude. Flyers in a bad way. Uh, but it's Joel Embiid's birthday. Yeah, we got that at least. Did you see them sing happy birthday to him today? I did. I love that. I, I love when uh, like grown men sing happy birthday to one another. Tyrese with the pipes. Um, and then Paul Reed breaking it down. Who do you think the next uh, Sixers coach is going to be? Because if it's Doc Rivers next year, I don't know what uh, we do. Remember when we were going to get Ty Lue? Yeah. And then we didn't. That and then, sucked. And then it was like, oh, Mike D'Antoni's going to come back. <laughs> um. Well, so the the Nets game went exactly as we predicted, by yes. the way. I think we said they were going to lose by 20. Probably. Um, I don't remember I'll the exact the number, but... Uh, we weren't far off. Nope. <laughs> Something about those high stakes, high emotion games that the Sixers just completely collapse in. And the Nets were also, I mean, Kevin Durant cannot miss. I think everything, I think in all of the hype and discourse about that game, we forgot that the Nets also kind of had a chip on their shoulder yes. there too. And that they were coming and were able to like exact revenge on Harden yep. in their mind. Um, and that maybe giving like Kevin Durant a reason to be pissed off is not the best idea. Maybe I do enjoy the, the, Embiid, the most dominant scores ever. Like I enjoy the Embiid Durant, uh, just back I would and enjoy it more 
if it wasn't directly impacting my emotional health. Yes. And if I wasn't absolutely terrified of Kevin Durant. Valid. That would that would help my case. I did tweet and said, somebody come get the union owner off the court. <laughs> hey, man, union looking great. Another win over the weekend. I'll take it. The, uh... I mean, the Sixers, like, they are what they are. Everybody, I think it's funny that everyone's like, oh, cut DeAndre Jordan for another wing player. He, that player wouldn't play in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, we've, we've made our bed. Now we're going to lie in it. And um, listen, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too doom and gloom about them. I think they're, they're still in a good position. These playoffs can be weird and funky. I think if you said this time last year that the Bucks and the Suns were going to meet in the finals, people, that would not have been... I don't even know if in like the top eight or ten most likely or like most considered finals matchups. I really don't think so. Um, so anything can happen, right? Like, have to have to believe that. I think this roster's in a better p- place, and I, I think you get to the playoffs. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Seeding's certainly going to matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it's just tough. You know, like the games uh, against them, the Nuggets now haven't gone well, um, and that's been with you know Harden and Embiid playing together. The Heat one doesn't really count because you didn't have Harden for that, but. The uh, the games against the top opponents have not Look not great. inspired you much. Going to overtime with the terrible magic, not the best feeling in the world. But the magic of all, you know, magic we've always played close. Yeah. I feel like in the last like forever, <laughs> I feel like it's always been like I can remember the Jimmy Butler uh game where it, it like hit the uh, the late 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 shot. So I don't know. We I feel like we've always played the magic closer than than we probably should, but. Yeah, it's cooled off a little bit, the Harden hype. But you know what? I think this team's still very good. Yep. And I, you know what? Hopefully, Doc is gone because he's a menace. And I, I genuinely think he's holding the team back. Yeah. I really do. I think if this team has Tyron Lowe, we're uh, way better. Yep. Probably probably don't lose that Hawks series last year, nope. actually, if we have Lou. But it is what it is. We don't get to make those choices. We just got to live with them, which is great. And when you accept that you have uh, little agency – you know what? You, I think you can make your peace with it a little better. So just understand that you don't you don't get to choose. It just is what it is, and live with it or don't. That's it. That's Those all are your it options. Is. Uh, Embiid went on Draymond Green's podcast as well, and they were just talking shit to each other. I loved it. I was like, I I would listen to this every single week if this was just the co-host. Draymond Green's great. He's a great. He's so uh, funny. He's a great host. Um. I also think it's hilarious that he's got, like, the wraparound earphones in. Like, the earbuds that just have, like, the piece that just wraps around. Uh, Those are real hoopers now. Oh, yeah. Those are the good ones. Those are good, Jim, uh, because the problem with, like, the AirPod craze is that when yes. you flex or, like, if you're, like, I find it with, like, when I'm eating, too, like, you're, when your jaw's moving and stuff, that there's a tendency out. to kind of pop out. The ones that loop over your ears and, like, have the cord behind are, uh, are clutch. He knows. Sixers, Cavs tonight. Come on, Jesus, come on. <laughs> uh, Embiid, I, I he had some back soreness. He is playing. Though. He is playing. Um, but obviously, keep an eye on that. It doesn't really seem like you know that's not new or anything. Yeah. That's always been kind of his case whenever he's on like load management. But maybe you know maybe like twenty eight, twenty nine minutes for Embiid tonight. Yeah, I mean, Doc did say that they are going to rest and beat and harden down the stretch. We'll see when that actually comes to fruition. It says they have a plan, which worries the shit out of me. Yes. What does that mean? The plans this team has had over the past few years are not, uh, how you say, ideal. Um, it's like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> <laughs> Before we uh, get into our Buffs and Snuffs Survivor breakdown, 
It is March Madness. Our bracket challenge yes. is live. Matt, your thoughts on the bracket? Uh, well, I don't want to give away too much because I I filled up my bracket and I'm in I'm in one where there's some money, and I use the same bracket for both. I will say this, uh, if I can log in, God Almighty. Um, I will say this. Here's I I will give away one of my upsets for the people, because you know what I love you all. Uh, here's what here's one of the upsets I picked. Feel feel free to tag along. I feel good about this. South Dakota State over Providence. Lock I have in. the same upset. Um, there's a few like I, I I would like to take. Part of me really wants to switch Vermont to beating Arkansas. I don't know that I have the stones to do it. Um, man, I I just think I think there's a few teams in here that uh that are that are kind of begging to be sent home. Yes. But I'm looking forward to it. March Madness is the best. I took off work friday so i could uh i didn't have to like rush home to catch games i could have a nice relaxing morning like clean up a little bit do some chores so that way i can spend as much time as possible just zonked out watching yes. sports it's the best it's so the, awesome. the first two days especially where it's just like it's like a just a smorgasbord of, of just unbelievable and now it's back in regions and everything oh, too God, it's so nice it's so nice having that back in your life God, what is, remember the you remember the march where we didn't have it uh, <laughs> it's almost two years two years ago it's unbelievable today is actually the anniversary of um virginia getting beaten by umbc oh wow yeah which is hilarious because i remember exactly where we were that day yeah <laughs> i remember we walked out of a concert and yeah they were getting busted <laughs> you're like what the fuck uh what's your favorite mark madness memory Ooh, my favorite one ever um i mean you'll appreciate this one it's uh it's villanova that uh that three-point heave to win the title Shout out i Chris watched Jenkins. that live um I with a group of people mind. and it's just insane uh, you know like you those types of moments just don't happen in real life no. <laughs> you know where it's like the last second shot to win the championship definitively that just does because even then you had that amazing shot to force it into that situation to begin with um yeah it's just uh that, just that's one of the most unreal endings i've ever seen in my life jim nance jenkins for the championship yeah great call oh it's so great speaking of uh broadcasters see uh Joe Buck and Troy Aikman head into weird, Monday Night Football. Weird stuff. That's gonna suck because I don't particularly care for Monday Night Football yeah. because it just it doesn't work with me. Um, I've always been the opinion that I love everyone. You know what I hate is everyone hates on announcers so much, yeah. and everyone is convinced that every announcer hates their team, yep. which is just stupid and ludicrous because literally every fan thinks that. So yes. clearly they don't have every game someone watches. Look, he loves whoever it's like no because every team thinks that every person who's ever watched this walks away thinking that they hate their team and they don't and commentating a sport is like the hardest thing in the yes. world like most people can't string together th coherent thoughts for two minutes let alone describing something happening with insightful anecdotes like yeah. and giving it light and interesting like joe buck is good i've always maintained that and i don't think troy Apian is is bad either um, I think Buck makes Aikman better. Yes, they're a good duo. But uh, I'm glad they're sticking together at least. I, yeah. I don't know. Joe Buck could certainly do it on his own. Aikman without Joe Buck. Uh, Herb Street is doing uh, Thursday yeah. right now, which is bizarre. Don't know how I feel about that. Um, 
It's a weird shuffle around, but we'll see how it goes. The uh, I think they're the second longest running duo together behind uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden doing games. Together. I wonder if uh, who is it? Uh, Romo and Nance. That that'll be like the next. I yeah. for like the next twenty five years, I think I could listen to those guys. Yeah, not get tired. Of it. They're great together. The uh, it helps I just too that they give them all, they, who. Because Aikman and Buck are leaving Fox to go to ESPN, so I wonder who is going to get that. I don't uh, know because everyone's locked down. Four o'clock game. I wonder if it's like a, uh, someone new. Dude, so like, I feel. I think I heard something like Greg Olson might move up as the. Greg color Olson wasn't He's bad. Good. Yeah, did not mind Greg Olson. Um, yeah, that would not be awful. I wouldn't. I, I didn't think he. You know, like there's some guys that just have it. Yeah, that you know, like you hear it and like, it's in fight insightful stuff and uh, and it works. And Greg Olson wasn't terrible. I wouldn't mind that. I also really enjoy Gus Johnson at Keep the Leap. Yeah, I Keep the Leap is good. Yeah, I, I like. So I think funny. the problem is, is that like, let's be honest. There's people that listen to uh, him and are racist. Yep, and that is that's the main issue. <laughs> I think he's is very that, funny. He's I, insightful. I he is. He's just as insightful as any other ex player. Um, he's also a defensive player, which yeah. typically you do not get that perspective, especially for do, color, it's a color commentary. And- like. You just don't get that often. It's usually an ex-quarterback who's doing that kind of stuff. So everything is, like, offensive-based, which, I mean, makes sense. But defensively, like, what he gives you, yeah. too, I think is great. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I've always liked listening in on him uh, whenever I'm watching Red Zone. So probably deserving of a shot, but let's be real. We, we'll we see. Know, we know how people react to that because he's not he's not a stiff white dude. Yeah. So. Uh, let's get into some Survivor. It's brought to you by our pals over at Bino Board. You guys, I'm telling you right now, Bino Board's going to be the next craze. You had, you know, paper football when you were growing up. You had foosball back in the day. This is going to be the next tabletop game, the next tailgate game, the next man cave, you know, conversation piece. You guys can go to Bino Board. That's B-I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. Check it all out. It's like paper football meets foosball. Uh, and when you go to check out, use our code BINOUSP. That's B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P. You get 10% off your entire order at BinoBoard.com. Uh, they posted some custom boards that they've been getting in on their Instagram. And uh, I, I was like, hey, we got to make a trip out to the warehouse now, boys. They're out in Arizona. They like the comments. So we got to make a, our way out to Arizona to uh, hang out with the Bino guys. But go to BinoBoard.com. Use our code BinoUSP for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. Matt, your thoughts on uh, the premiere of Survivor 42 were? Um, inoffensive and uh, good. I, I didn't, um, no, it, again, very similar to last season where no one was on the screen on a confessional. I didn't want to hear another word from. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to tune in next week. And that's, I think, the baseline for all TV shows. Yes. Said I'm willing to watch another episode. Um yeah, the cast seems good. Uh, we'll obviously have to see how they like actually start to play now, but um, right off the bat, uh, very just very similar, right? And I, again, I think this is one of the strengths of having a more diverse cast is that you're more likely to get people that are engaging and good at the game, and there's more interaction between the players. I think he's more meaningful. So yeah, I liked it. Good, uh, good debut. I like the challenges too. It yeah. seemed a little more. Even though they they had some similarities to some stuff in the past, it seemed different. I like them, you know, having to run into the woods again. I thought that was very vintage Survivor. Um, and like you said, I think the cast is off to a good start. Sucks we had one, uh, you know, emergency leave already. Strange 
maybe the strangest medevac ever yeah. um yeah you know what was was good too though about the episode i think is that one of the weaknesses the last season i think they got bogged down a little too much in explaining the advantages and there was an advantage in this past week with the uh, the amulet mm-hmm. and they spent i don't know i think a minute on it <laughs> it was just like you had them like reading it and that was it like in the last season each of those contestants would have gotten a confessional about it yep. and like leading maybe one of them leading into some like some backstory about their life or yeah. something like and it would have, that would have been like an 11 minute thing that they were just like and maybe that means that amulet isn't going to be worth anything a lot of times they'll have a tendency to go in depth about the advantages when they know that later in the game it's going to play an right. important role but um i i kind of like that it was just like hey you you're smart you know yeah. what this is which i enjoyed um, uh i also like that they brought the shot in the dark day one here it is right let's not worry about it you know six episodes in when nobody's gonna use it and at least somebody used it yeah zach used it and he actually was good that he used it because he was gonna go home yeah um so it wasn't even like he used it in vain right. but uh that would have been that would have been something crazy to uh to see it actually actually pull off so obviously you and i are playing fantasy survivor we got our our two players last week, uh, and this week everything made a lot more sense to me playing uh, right. with everything. So I was like, "All right, cool. This is this is a lot more simple than uh, I was making it out to be." Who are your uh, your two castaways? I ended up with Roxroy and Lindsay. I uh, hate Roxroy. <laughs> Roxroy immediately when he was um, throwing his hands up about how everyone wasn't working hard enough at camp. I was like, "I ended up with this guy. <laughs> I hate this guy." With his rec specs. <laughs> That was a tough, tough time for me. Um, so that tells me already maybe maybe not gaining a lot of favor with people. But you never know, right? Yeah. You know, like I think we only see those those small snippets of him. Right. Could be a, a great person, great player, but um, not the most endearing part. Lindsay, on the other hand, stoked about that she was someone that I'd picked high up anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to go for the New Jersey duo between her and Mike. Mike was hilarious and awesome. I loved him so much. <laughs> like, um, he's he's everything I wanted him to be. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not too upset about it. Who'd you get? I ended up with Mike. Right. And I got uh, Omar and his terrifying ostrich tie-dye t-shirt. Yeah, that was a little upsetting, um, I would say. Mike was funny. The, the preview for this week makes me absolutely shitless scared because they were like oh why don't we vote up mike and i was like you've got to be <laughs> never works me. like that though you know they love yeah. to give the uh they love to give the old the old turnaround and make you think r.i.p the skinny boy alliance yeah it's tough one episode in one episode out uh i know she went over the top when when jackson left but marianne is hilarious she's good tv that's she's for sure. great on uh-huh. tv uh very happy to be there you can yes. definitely can tell, like you can't you you won't say that she didn't uh like enjoy her time and that she wasn't like a, a positive positive yeah. person I think that's that's good at least how do we feel about swatty um she's very stuck up yeah it, it it's definitely an ivy league attitude there <laughs> just I a little the army national reserve <laughs> yeah okay that's girl that's awesome for you uh, um you know, whatever. She's young. I try yeah. not to judge. Like the young survivors, especially, it's hard. Uh, we saw this with Xander Wright too, where it's right. like, you know, it's tough. You're 19. I if I went on this show at 19 and was broadcasting my thoughts to the world, I would also look like an idiot. So I'd want to be harsh. I, I felt terrible. I sound making, like an idiot now. So <laughs> felt terrible making fun of Daniel with his shoulder <laughs> dislocating twice. I was like, this is the my leg guy from Survivor. Yeah. Uh, but cancer survivor. He, he invoked the the Stephanie. 
uh, which yeah. is not. <laughs> you never want to say that. You never want to like vocalize that and put it in the world. Uh, and I was I was texting Sarah. I was like, not his shoulder popping out again. She was like, why is he rowing with a bad shoulder? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that was that was a tough scene well, for him. You know what sucked too is the um the challenge they did was definitely supposed to be with all six people, but because Jackson yeah leaves, then everyone has to play with five. Right, um, and I think that's why that. Like Jeff was like, this is the most challenging thing. It's like I think because it's supposed to have an extra person in it, and we're not yeah. running it without an extra body. I think that might be why. Uh, also, I like Jonathan more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, he um, wholesome guy. I like him. Seems seems like a nice guy. I think he also like he's very aware that he's like massive. Yeah, and uh, is like, I like when people know that they are like, especially with strength, because it's so blindingly obvious that you're like strong. Um. And they like don't mind, just like yeah, I'm the strong guy. I know I'm gonna have to pick the boat up myself. Like that's fine. I like when he hops out of the boat and just dragging them yeah. through the tide. It's like yeah, you don't respect. You know what your strength is, and you're you're leaning into it. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how he actually plays. Hundred percent. Because he's uh, by far like the strongest. Yeah. Person like him and Mike are like definitely like a cut above in terms of like physical strength. physical strength now that hasn't really mattered in survivor in a while really right um like it's you almost actually want to go for people like Lindsay if you're talking about like challenge beasts like yeah. people that are like like athletic but like you don't have to like have muscles anymore yeah. you just need to have like good like hand-eye coordination you need to have good like balance especially like uh like women and like shorter women do very well at a lot of challenges you have like the lower center of gravity and stuff like the endurance stuff like you know what? Like it's it's actually it's like reversed completely now. Where like a Colby today would not be no. seen as a challenge beast because the challenges aren't like squat rack three hundred right. pounds for as long as you can outrun a hyena, right? Uh, um. So as we did last season, we're gonna do our top three up, top three down. Matt, who is in your top three up after one episode? Top three. It's tough to say. Um, Drea would have to be in that top three. Uh, has uh just the Extra vote, right? Yeah. And then she did not get the amulet. Did she get an amulet? Um, blanking completely. I forget already. Um, but Dre, I, I thought every time she's on the screen, composed, yeah. smart, good, hasn't has at least one advantage already. I like that. Um, I'm gonna pick Lindsay just because she she's my girl. I'm riding with her. That's it. End of story. Um. And you know what? I'm going to put I'm going to put uh Jenny in there too. Uh she came across as intelligent and again composed, seemed to understand her situation, seemed socially good. Uh she seems like the type of player that you get later in the game is a big threat. She seems like someone too that could be like again, we're talking like challenge beasts. Yes. Yeah, good at um, puzzles. She yeah, she's good at puzzles and I think, you know, again, I could see like her lasting on one of those like you have to stand for six hours with yeah. your arms in this weird. Like she, I don't know. Just feel like she'd kill that. So yeah, I like Jenny. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mike. I'm gonna go with uh, Marianne because she got the she got the extra vote as well. Um, and for some reason, even though you know he seems like a, a weaker target, Romeo was playing the game. Yeah, Romeo definitely. I was a big fan of just the way he was operating and like how he was kind of like strategizing. Uh, so I'm going to go Romeo and then top three down. Uh, who do you got? It's tough. We did, you know, especially because we had a, a medevac. So we only get to see one team go to tribal, which of course means you really only get to see one team's tribal like dynamics. Um, 
Not a great look for Tori. No. Uh, I expect that she could probably climb out of the bottom three, but I think just based off last week, she kind of has to be Levi in the bottom three. <laughs> yeah, she just, um, I don't know. She seemed to like rub some people the wrong way a little yeah. bit. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I, I think she kind of has to be in that bottom. Um, yeah. God, it's really hard because we didn't get much about dynamics um, as, in terms of like who's who's actually going into the bottom. Um I guess I would have to worry about Daniel just a little bit with this shoulder yeah, issue, simply because he could get booted for a medevac crease, right. which would suck. Um, but yeah, like messing your shoulder up day one, not ideal. Not, not a, but outside of that, I have no worries about him. Like he didn't seem like unhinged or anything. Yeah. It's just when you only get one episode and one tribal, you kind of just have to grasp at anything. Right. Um, and I wonder if Jonathan might go as well. Uh, I know that we just sung his praise, but sometimes the strong dudes just get. Just get axed early because teams are fine, especially if their tribe loses. Yeah, they're fine with you know saying goodbye because they're not going to win anyway. We saw that last season, so I'm going to go Lydia because she rattled off every single possible thing under the sun of what a survivor player should not expect. You know, she's like, I hate being outside. I hate bugs. I hate this, that, and the yeah, third. Tough, uh, tough look. Uh, I'm going to say Tori as well. And then Daniel for uh, just medical purposes. You don't know what you're going to see from him. Uh, so those are top three up, top three down for Survivor 42. We're going to go catch the episode. You guys, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. Join our bracket challenge. We want to get that thing up to like 60 plus people before noon tomorrow. Uh, so fill out your brackets. Join in. Uh, we've got prizes that we're going to be dishing out every round uh one of them just came today we're giving out 1994 matt uh dickie v trading cards uh yes please so we got those in the works and of course you guys know you get the official locker room t-shirt of the champion if you come out on top uh so join our bracket challenge it's the fourth annual underground madness bracket challenge it's our pin tweet on twitter you can follow matt on twitter at matt castarina you can follow me at kbizzl 311 Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about Hassan Reddick coming home, Kyle Schwarber, and anything else in between. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're 25 subscribers away from full video episodes being up on our YouTube channel. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com. All new cans coming at you this summer from Kenwood Beer. No more sleeves. It's all printed on the can. KenwoodBeer.com. Uh, and use the Kenny trackers. He's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 412 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. And until next week, we are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the people's chance